Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. For instance, Porsche has got something called the Porsche Passport. If you want to go to the beach and you want a convertible Porsche, you will take it. The next day you want to go to the mountains, you want a 4x4 Porsche, you just change it. They come to you at home. Let me tell you just very briefly about two experiences I've had because they were hilarious, really. One was I went in to buy a car here in the States and I asked the guy how much the car was, and he wouldn't tell me. (laughs) Consumers these days are very intelligent. When they're coming to you, they know very well why they are coming to you. They know very well what they're looking for. So you have to show empathy towards them. So Ryan, you know that I've complained in the past about my car buying experiences. Well, Colin, you've complained about a lot of things. I have trouble keeping track at this point. <laughs> but yes, among other things, I recall that. I like cars. Yes. I really dislike buying cars. Sure. Because the experience that you get typically is just so bad. Um, and I'm not, not going to harp on about that. But the, the good news is that we have a guest with us today. His name is Hussein Tajani. Uh, he's from Nissan. He did a really great speech at a CX Network live event. And it was a really great example of uh, how you move, how you pivot, basically, your, your experience. So, Hussein, great to have you on board. Thank you, Colin. Uh, it's great to be with you guys. It's an interesting topic that we're going to be talking about today, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, when we were pre-show, we were we were saying, okay, Hussein, so could you tell us, you know, what area of the world do you do you deal with? And Hussein said he deals with Africa, Middle East, India, Turkey, and Oceania, which includes Australia and New Zealand. Um, and my reflections was, well, maybe you should tell me the countries that you weren't part of, that you weren't responsible for. Yeah, it's it's a quite big region. It is, it is. It's um, it's a really interesting part. Um, well, it's also very diverse parts of the world, isn't it? So it's um, indeed. So perhaps that's something we can touch on as we go through the podcast. But do you want to um, any any further introductions? Tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do. Thank you for that. So, um, yeah, well, basically, I'm based out of Dubai. As you mentioned, I'm covering this whole region. So it's like a a schizophrenic sin. One second wearing the hat of uh, the UEE, the second one, the hat of South Africa, and so on and so forth. I'm in charge of something quite interesting at Nissan. It's digital and customer experience transformation which in short, what it means is responsible for basically every single touch point that uh, Nissan has with existing and potential customers, be that on the website, be that on the app, be that in the service center or in the showroom. So I'm, I'm responsible for all of that. And my job is to ensure that Nissan provides a seamless, frictionless, enjoyable and memorable experience for customers. And, and that is absolutely key. And and the reason that we've invited you on the show today is I really wanted to get practical. 
So the the you know Ryan and I talk about a lot of theory behind customer experience. We always try to make these these shows practical as well. But I thought it'd be really good to get a practitioner from the real world and to learn what happened. Your your story about the how you needed to pivot come COVID was great. So do you want to tell the audience your 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 story and we can then pick things up as we go? Absolutely. But I want to start with one thing. I This is my first experience working in an automotive company. I have to admit with you on one thing. The reason why I joined the automotive industry is, is mainly because, number one, uh, even though I love cars, I hated the test drive experience. The fact that uh, you have to either call the showroom or fill a form and then wait till the showroom contacts you and then you have to agree with them on a date and a time. And then if you needed to change that date and time, you have to go through the whole process again. I just felt it's so tedious and it's really, uh, you're excited at the beginning, you want to test drive a car. By the time you're actually there to test drive the car, you're no longer (laughs) excited. You're actually frustrated. You you just want to get done with it and and that's it. And the second one which is equally, equally important is when you want to take your car for the service maintenance. Sure. It's just horrendous. You take your car for the service maintenance and when you're coming to pick it up and they start showing you some pieces, which they changed in the vehicle. And it, it's quite funny. They leave it for you in the back seat and they just show it to you as in we change those parts without explaining what those parts are. So you'd feel like, okay, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, but then you go to pay the bill and suddenly the bill is about $1,000 and you're like, what? So yeah, yeah, those two those two experiences for me, I really wanted to do a, a drastic change in them. Let me tell you just very briefly about two experiences I've had because they were hilarious, really. W- one was I went in to buy a car here in the States and I asked the guy how much the car was and he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that I had to go around to all the other dealers before he would give me a price. Yeah, that was the first one. The second one was I was told uh, where I ended up buying the car, I was told by that dealer. Wait, you mean you didn't buy it with the first dealer? No, I didn't because, well, he wouldn't tell me what the bloody price was. How do I know? The second dealer, he basically told me that when we got a survey through that I needed to give him a nine on the on the survey because that affects his bonus <laughs> and he was so bad that I didn't and he he wrote to me and he said you clearly didn't understand my instructions because you've given me a four this is epic yeah classic Tell us how you went about uh, changing and I, I know there's some background with COVID coming in and all the rest of it so You pick up the story. What's quite interesting. So I've been with Nissan for the last five years. And when I joined the organization, there wasn't any customer experience function either in the the region where I'm responsible for or globally. So customer experience is a fairly new function at Nissan. Three months after I joined, I was tasked with basically building that function in the company. And that was, for me, an amazing challenge, which I definitely wanted to do. So all throughout 2017, 18, and 19, building that department, uh, trying to get credibility of it in the organization. And as I'm sure you know, because I'm responsible for every single touch point, my job is very much reliant on the support of the other functions. So my job is very much cross-functional. 
I have to work with the sales, with the after sales, so on and so forth. So after we've set up the foundation, we identified the team that we have, what kind of data are we having visibility to and reporting on, and we put the plans on the paper, you know, what every department is going to do. Boom, COVID hit. I remember very well that when we started hearing about COVID, we thought this is something, yeah, that's happening in China. Yeah, and and, and yeah, there is no way it's going to come to our part of the world. Overnight, we're hearing about COVID hitting the Middle East, hitting Europe, and so on and so forth. So it's sweeped everywhere like crazy. And, uh, and this is when we started working from home. And one day I got a call from the uh, executive assistant of the regional vice president. And she's like, you are called into a meeting. So I was like, awesome. I'm being fired. All right. <laughs> Interesting. So I walk into the meeting. I kid you not. I was so scared. I thought that's it for me. And the regional vice president sit in front of me and he said, Hussein, for the last three years, you've been shouting and nagging that you want to do this and you want to do that. And we keep telling you it's more of a nice to have rather than a must have. We haven't been really supporting you in your plans. So Hussein, let me tell you this. We have two issues. People are not coming to our showrooms because they're worried from COVID and people are not bringing their vehicles to the service centers. Hussein, you're into customer experience. Show me what you can do. My God. Just like somebody, you know, called me into the stage for Emmy Award and told me, hey, <laughs> yeah, you're under spotlight now. Uh, sure. It excited me a lot. And um, throughout those three years, just for you to know, I've built something called a customer experience steering committee. And it comprises from one individual from every single department in the organization. So we had a a CX champion from the sales team, a CX champion from the dealer network development team, so on and so forth. So this steering committee members, we sat together and we started brainstorming and we jumped on the call with our Chinese colleagues in in, uh, Nissan, China, and as well with Nissan, Spain uh, team members. Because if you recall very well, COVID hit China and Spain hard. We got a lot of insights from them. This is where we came up with the proposition, something called uh, Shop at Home by Nissan. So the main idea behind that is that we not only looked at the challenges that we're currently facing, we anticipated what future challenges we might be facing. And we worked on a full plan and we locked a meeting with the regional vice president. And I recall very well when I walked into that meeting and I said, prior to me uh, starting my presentation, I need to ask you for one thing. What I'm about to present to you today is not a countermeasure idea for COVID-19. What I'm about to present to you today is a business transformation idea. And what I mean to say by that is what I'm presenting today is not something that's going to live for a month or six months or one year when COVID finishes. No, it's something that uh, is the way we're going to be doing business on the long run. So unless I have your support on this, there is no point of rolling this out. And they said, fair enough, show us what you're presenting. And we presented to the senior management the shop at home, which is basically a one-stop shop, a customer promise umbrella, which includes a suite of solutions tailored towards existing customers and potential customers. What does that mean? So for instance, you want to go to the showroom, but you're scared from COVID. So you're not going to go there. Not a problem. We'll bring the showroom to you. So we developed a 360 virtual showroom and vehicles walkthrough. So while sitting at your couch, you go to our website, 
and you can it's as if you're walking inside the showroom and as as if you're sitting inside the car you're seeing it inside out you've done that you've identified the vehicle that you like but you have some questions you can click on a button and do an instant video call with the sales consultant something which you used to do face to face now you're doing it over a screen you did the call with the sales consultant okay he answered all he or she answered all questions uh, they uh, you have about the vehicle now you want to test drive it because obviously you're not going to buy a car before testing it but you don't want to go to the showroom not a problem you can book a date and a time and a location where we will bring to you the car fully uh, sanitized and fully disinfected with face masks with gloves and you can test drive the car after you you've test driven the car you want to buy it but you want to know how much it's going to cost you so we enabled a finance solution such as a finance calculator and a pre-finance application which means in 30 minutes you can do uh, you can do your application online and within a 30 minutes bracket you will hear back from all banks in your city uh, the ones which accepted to give you a loan and what is the uh, rate the percentage rate on the loan that they will give you. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Hussein, if I may. Yeah. Do you think if it wasn't for COVID that your bosses would have done it? They would. However, they wouldn't have done it at the speed in which we did it during COVID. And what I mean to say is, just for you to know, what we've accomplished during those three months of COVID um, and three months, I'm talking from April all the way, all the way till uh, June, um, usually takes us about three to four years to accomplish in regular times. That goes to talk about, doesn't it, that, you know, COVID, one of the things that, that I've talked about in the past is COVID has, has accelerated so many things. Absolutely. It's forced change upon people that would have probably would have, you know, got there eventually, but it would have taken much longer and they wouldn't have took so many risks. And so there are, um, you know, lots of millions of people have died, which is terrible, but there have been good things that have come out of it, basically. Absolutely. I mean, I always say uh, COVID was a very sad time to many individuals. It was a very harsh time on many employees. It was a very tough time on many organizations. To me, as uh, Hussain working in Nissan, in the customer experience space, it was the climate of my career. I admit it. It really took me to the next level. Another question on that, because I, I can see what you're saying. One of the challenges, and we talk about uh, customer councils, okay, which is your steering committee, basically. Yeah. And as you were telling us about the steering committee, I was sitting there remembering back to when I was in corporate life and having people from a diverse backgrounds. And we know the reality is, is that everybody's in their bloody silo. They're doing their own thing. And you get a lot of passive aggressives who go, yeah, this is the best thing, you know, we should be doing, but actually they don't support it whatsoever. You know, they, in fact, some of them become saboteurs, but I guess my question is around, do you think that COVID created that common cause that united front of we've got to do something and therefore we've got to work harder together rather than, you know, in, you know, 10 years ago or pre-COVID, it would have been more of a challenge to get everybody on board. I love this question, Colin. I'll tell you why. See, the more organizations grow, the more they fall into the trap of what we call the silos. 
where every single department, rather than working for the benefit of the organization and to the end benefit of the customer, they work towards uh, their personal objectives and meeting their own KPIs at all costs. What COVID has done is it actually got everyone together towards a single objective. It got them very well focused on achieving one thing and one thing only, which is ensuring that we address customers or or users or consumers' fears, aspirations, hopes, wants, and needs. Everybody was geared towards that. So it wasn't about, I want the sales team to be the best, or I want the after-sales team to be the best. It was, I want my organization to be the best. I want my organization to show how much it is customer-centric and to show how it understands people and it shows the true side of empathy towards them. Yeah, yeah. No, interesting. And I'll tell you something quite interesting. We are more or less arriving to the end of COVID, hopefully, as we say in Arabic, inshallah. What I'm worried a lot about is that we suddenly forget all that momentum that we had during COVID when we were all united towards a single cause, and we go back to the old way of doing business where silos prevail. Yes, that was one of my questions. And Ryan, as usual, mate, you'll never get a, a, a question in sideways here. One of my questions was, is this, you know, you talked about it being a transformation in the approach, and it sounds really good. And I would imagine that there's a lot of organizations out there that, that have done, you know, had taken a sort of a similar view as to, well, what could they do? But do you think it, it is going to be a business transformation? Is it going to stick or are you going to go back to how it was? When it comes to Nissan, I can tell you 100%, it is definitely a business transformation. And the reason for that, today I had a meeting with senior management where we were discussing what's next after a shop at home. I can tell you 100% that senior management is definitely committed to the next phase and and taking this to the next level and really adopting it as a true business transformation. And the reasons for that are many. Number one, don't forget, Colin, we are not an NGO. Uh, We have shareholders, so we need to deliver on results. Shop at Home did deliver on the results. We saw the, the benefits of it because it did deliver on our sales objectives, number one. Number two, we've done series of researches and we've seen how much customers actually appreciate a shop at home and bought into it and believe in it. Number three uh, is that our dealer partners, all of them have supported that initiative. Number four, and which is more important, remember, Colin, we talk about solutions, but we forget that there are actually human beings behind those solutions. The frontliners, which is the sales consultant in the showroom, This individual has always been used to selling a car face-to-face while sitting with the customer. Um, During COVID, he or she were selling cars through a mobile tablet. You have no idea how much of of a challenging situation we were putting them in, yet they delivered. And this, this proved to them that the impossible is nothing, that they can really achieve results in any way possible. Artificial intelligence and predictive customer experience have the potential to transform customer experience initiatives by both identifying and shaping customer intent. 
This, in turn, has the potential for businesses looking to increase engagement, retention, and long-term customer value. To find out more, I suggest you attend the CX Network's online event on January the 25th and 26th, 2022, and learn more. All you need to do is to go to the show notes where you'll find the bit.ly link. The bit.ly link is bit.ly backslash cxnpredict. That's bit.ly backslash cxnpredict. I hope you'll gain a lot from the event. So in terms of the results, has it gone up, gone down, stayed the same in terms of sales if you looked on a you know year-on-year basis? I can tell you that Shop at Home, I can't reveal the actual numbers, but I can tell you that Shop at Home contributed to a double-digit percentage in terms of sales for the organization. Wow. Double-digit percentage. Yes. Wow. That's very good in an in environment when people weren't using their cars very much. <laughs> to be very honest with you, it, it's, we all expected during COVID not to sell cars. Uh, to our surprise, we sold much more than we uh, anticipated or, or hoped for. Right. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. That was, that was really great. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. And look, the role of communication played a very important role. You know, the way we communicated it either through with corporate comms in the PR, the way we communicated it in, with, the, with our Marcoms team through digital marketing, above the lines, on TV, so on and so forth. All of that really helped. Plus, don't forget the fact that what we were providing is really connected solutions together. So it's not like one solution uh, as a standalone thing. I was telling you before, after you do the test drive and you do the finance simulations, we launched e-commerce. Now, get that. You would expect to buy a T-shirt online. You would expect to buy a TV online. No one would have expected to buy a car online. You know, you're, you're talking about the second biggest investment that you do in your life. Yet people were buying cars online. And that's amazing. Yeah. And, and yeah. whenever I talk to my European colleagues and they tell me, well, what do you mean buy a car online? I told them, yeah, through the credit card, you can buy the car. And they're like, oh, your credit card's limits don't have limits. You can, you can buy with a credit card. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can buy it with a credit card. So that was a shocker to them, if you get what I mean. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know? sure. But, but, but yeah, all of those solutions that I was talking about were from the sales side of things. Now, if you come and look at the after-sales side of things, you have your car, there's something wrong with it, or you want to take it to the service center, but you don't want to go there. What we enabled is uh, two kinds of solutions. One of them is a home service maintenance, where they come to you at home and they fix the car underneath your house if it's small changes like changing oil. And if it's a bigger change, we come pick up the car from your house, we take it, we do service maintenance for it, and we bring it back to you at home. Right. Wow. Without you having the need to leave your home at all. I tell you now and to our listeners, if you go right now to Nissan Dubai, Nissan Abu Dhabi, Saudi, South Africa, Turkey, India, Australia, you will find Shop at Home over there and you will find all the list of solutions underneath them. So Hussein, the way that we, we do these interviews typically is that Colin asks some really good questions. And then I'll ask some questions that are impossible for you to understand or answer. So I'm going to try one of those. This isn't going to be very well formed, but I'm struck by the idea that Nissan as a car company probably historically defined their 
customer experience in terms of the product, in terms of the car. So we need to design it so that it has a pleasant ride and things. And then you can think about the experience of the sales process or the service process. I'm wondering if if you coming from a digital perspective, yeah, and, and it sounds like you're kind of anchoring the experience now apart from the product or maybe in addition to the product and apart from and in addition to any interactions with human, was there any, I mean, obviously it worked out and, and it's going very well. Was there any any tension or did you have any strategies for dealing with that, that just that change in perspective? Like, no, the experience of this very physical product and interacting with these people is now going to be moving mostly online. Like that, that just seems like something that is very foreign and could potentially be problematic. So I'm, I'm, I guess my poorly framed question is what were your strategies for getting people who might historically have been thinking in a, in a physical or interpersonal context to start thinking about experiences digitally? Um, I warned you, I warned you it'd be hard to answer that I, I don't ask nonsense questions. It's what I do. It's definitely a hard question. I, I, I can definitely validate that. But I'll tell you something which is quite interesting. My dad is 81 years old. During COVID, <laughs> every single day I see my dad opening a certain account, be it on Facebook, be it on Twitter, be mm. it on LinkedIn, then calling me through various apps like Google, Duo. Human beings adapt. This is the mm-hmm. idea behind it. We adapt. And if COVID did anything, it made us adopt digital like never before. It grew at such an anticipated rate that it was impossible for you to ignore. Now, let me tell you this. 10 years ago, look where we were when it comes to digital and look where we are today. Massive changes that have happened. The future is even looking more digital. Just take a look at Facebook. A couple of days ago, they changed their name into Meta, um, standing for Metaverse as in where the whole world is going to be shifting into 3D and virtual reality and all of that. So we are moving towards that world. Can I just say, we are, Ryan isn't. No, no I'm, I'm calling you from a, a computer made out of wood. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't look, I don't blame you. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a digital, digital first individual. Yet I can tell you, sometimes I get frustrated by how fast things are happening. And if you think uh, I'm lucky because I understand digital, let me tell you one thing. My life is way more stressful than yours because (laughs) I'm so embedded into digital to an extent that um, I cannot afford to take a break a single day where I'm not following up with what's happening with digital. It's just changing too quickly. It's happening too fast. And, And again, I will tell you one thing. China taught us a lot of what are the trends that are going to be coming up. I was really uh, following up a lot with our colleagues in China. See, China, during COVID, live stream started booming over there like crazy. And they were actually selling cars through live stream sessions where you can Mm. throw the live stream itself. You can can book the car and buy it. And this made us launch a, a program in Saudi, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. We launched a program called Nissan Live. Every Thursday between 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. local time in the kingdom, we were doing live broadcast from the showroom, talking to people about the cars, about the offers that we have, so on and so forth. And you have no idea the number of viewers that we had. It, it was really, really going like wildfire. To validate what you're saying, yeah, I, I absolutely would not prefer to buy a car online because that means that I don't have to interact with anybody. So 
the key issue for me is a car is a commodity. It's a bloody expensive commodity. But at the end of the day, if you know after you've test driven it and everything else, but if you know you want this with that, with that type of engine, those types of wheels, et cetera, I'd be more than happy to go and buy it online. In fact, I prefer it because I then don't have to be told that I clearly didn't understand the instructions and I should have given the guy a higher grade on the customer satisfaction score. (laughs) And I'll tell you one thing, take a look at the innovations that happened over the last two years. The ownership of the vehicle, right now you have car sharing, you have car subscription. So just like you subscribe to Netflix, Now you can subscribe to an automotive company. For instance, Porsche has got something called the Porsche Passport, where you can, if you want to go to the beach and you want a convertible Porsche, you will take it. The next day you want to go to the mountains, you want a 4x4 Porsche, you just change it. They come to you at home. They take your convertible Porsche and they give you the 4x4. Uh, The next day you want to go on a hot date and you want to take the GT3, you just change. They come take the 4x4, they give you the GT3. So what that is making you is experience all the different range of vehicles that Porsche has, and then you'll decide the one which you like it the most. I was recently looking at the various different subscription models that you can uh, now get. Exactly. Hussein, if there was one bit of advice you would give people really interesting story really like the approach that you took great to see that it's not just theory but has resulted in double digit growth but you know somebody sitting there listening to this going really interesting but what do i do you know what what's the bit of practical advice you would give them if you don't mind i want to break that advice into three parts the first part is towards uh, professionals and organizations is Empathy, empathy, empathy. I cannot stress enough on the importance of empathy. And what I mean by that is consumers maybe used to be idiots in the past. And this is a personal view. Consumers these days are no longer idiots. Consumers these days are very intelligent. When they're coming to you, they know very well why they are coming to you. They know very well what they're looking for. So you have to show empathy towards them. You have to be as helpful and as supportive to them. And you have to be able to deliver to them what they are expecting from you. Otherwise, you will fail losing them forever. Yeah. The second one is towards marketeers everywhere in the world is, is don't be scared to take a risk. You have two options. You either stay as you are and watch what others are doing. And then maybe after a couple of months or years, you decide to do the leap, but you will be too late and you will be considered as a follower or take a calculated risk and jump because the amount of learnings that you will derive are immense. We launched Shop at Home not knowing whether it's going to be a hit or not, yet we took, we took the risk and all of us committed to it. The third one is towards the customers. I know many organizations frustrate you sometimes. I know many contact centers frustrate you sometimes. Just remember one thing, uh, and I'm with you about being angry at those, but don't get angry at the individuals. Individuals sometimes are just uh, following orders. Sometimes individuals who are working in organizations are just having to deal outdated systems that those organizations have. So just keep in mind that behind this phone or behind that chatbot or behind that video call, there is someone who is trying his best to serve you, but they are limited with the support from the organizations. 
That's really good and really good, really good advice. Hussein, if people want to get hold of you and, and talk to you further, how, how do they do that? The best way would be LinkedIn. I publish every single day an article on LinkedIn relating to either digital transformation or customer experience or analytics. So the best way would be LinkedIn. Just type my name, Hussein Dejani, and you will find me over there. We'll put that link in the show notes for people. How do you spell Dejani, just so everybody's clear? It's a D-A-J-A-N-I. Great. Thank you very much, Hussein. It's been a really good example of what you need to do to pivot and, and a really good example of how COVID has accelerated things and how you can really make really big changes in an organization when you know the desire is there and, and the silos get dropped and the politics gets dropped and oh, yeah. uh, they can really make some uh, big changes to the results. Absolutely. Thanks very much. And we look forward to talking to everybody next week. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.